Welcome, welcome to Athena's Mind Veterinary, the podcast, a well-being space for the veterinary community in Ireland and beyond. We talk all things self-development, self-care, mindset and mental health with yours truly, Aoife Smith. I'm a qualified vet nurse and psychologist who is passionate about helping you to cultivate a peaceful space inside your head. This is the veterinary mental health revolution you have all been waiting for. Hit that follow button and let's get going. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Athena's Mind Veterinary, the podcast. If you are new here, if you have never heard my voice before, hello, welcome. My name is Aoife. I am a qualified veterinary nurse and a qualified psychologist who is super duper passionate about veterinary mental health. And I am the host of Athena's Mind Veterinary, the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. I hope that wherever you are in the world today, you're having a beautiful, gorgeous, stunning day as always. Um, So today I have a really exciting episode for you. It is part two of our trauma chats. I think it is really important that we delve into trauma now because the pandemic is kind of coming into this new phase. I spoke about this I think a couple of episodes ago and I just think it's really important for us to keep on top of all of our education surrounding our own psychological health and our own um, mental well-being. I am a really huge advocate for veterinary professionals empowering themselves with knowledge in order to take care of their own mental health. So hopefully while I'm here you gain some golden nuggets that allow you to go off into the world a little bit more informed about your own mental well-being um, or even just a little more informed about the direction you want to take with your own mental well-being. Um, I am just getting over coronavirus. So I got COVID, um, I think it must have been the last episode. I'm trying to think of when everything has come out and what my posting schedule is for these episodes, but I'm nearly certain it'll be the last episode um, or the most recent episode that you heard where I was pretty much in the thick of COVID and I came out the other side. I'm so privileged. I can't even begin to express how privileged I feel when I saw that line on my antigen test start to fade and I knew the worst was over, I just felt so, so grateful and so privileged um, for so many things. I felt so privileged to be living in the Western world um, with access to so many choices and, you know, we're not quite there yet, but women are receiving access to choices, you know, so much more um as time goes on these days and I'm just yeah I just feel so so lucky to you know have had the choice of getting a vaccination not getting a vaccination you know all of the choices that I could make for my own health in terms of this pandemic um have just been a real privilege and then to top it all off I didn't actually get very sick which was just so so lovely um considering as well some of my loved ones have been very ill with corona I just feel like yeah I feel some days I feel like I got away with murder to be honest and um, you never know it could get me yet as we all know something will but um, I just feel so so privileged and I also feel so delighted to be able to continue with 
um, running my podcast, continue my planned posting schedule um, and my continued you know episode schedule I've just been so delighted to be still able to connect with this community even though I haven't been feeling my 100% best physical self I guess um over the past couple of weeks but anyway enough on that today we are diving into something really exciting so furthering on from our trauma chats we are talking about the various ways that we can treat symptoms that come about as a result of trauma. So a couple of I guess disclaimers before we begin this particular episode. If you listened to last week's episode um, you will have heard me kind of talk about the fact that I came up with a lot of you know hot takes. I was doing a lot of um, making very educated guesses towards certain things this episode is going to be the very same as I said last episode you know research within the veterinary community surrounding mental health and mental well-being is just not there at the moment in this country um and in this particular area so there has been research that has come from the UK the USA and Australia as well um, and those three particular places have pioneered mental well-being research among veterinary professionals. However, this specific topic of trauma and, you know, where trauma can come from within our industry and how we can be traumatized in all of these sarcasm alert gorgeous ways in which we can be traumatized haven't really been researched. So, what I've done is I have looked to other professions and then I've also looked to what we generally know in the field of psychology about trauma um, and all of the research that I've done over the past you know three years including my own research uh, for my own thesis so I've kind of compiled all of that information in order to hopefully shed some sort of educated guess on where to begin um so this is this episode is the very same you know treating symptoms that are associated with trauma this is all educated guesswork that we're about to go through today and it exists or this episode exists not to answer questions but more so to raise questions so that might annoy some of you um because we we won't have all the answers today but what I'm hoping my objective uh for this episode is that you walk away with even just one small golden nugget that empowers you to go ahead and do your own research to go ahead and make yourself aware of what's out there and to make yourself aware of where you want to take your mental well-being next what angle you want to take for yourself um maybe it sparks conversations among your colleagues you know we need more conversations within our community so if it sparks conversations while you know someone is suturing a bitch spay of a Monday morning I'm happy with that Um, I just want this episode to exist as like a starting point for conversation I want you know this particular episode to just be perfectly imperfect and I wanted to miss loads of you know important points um that you pick up on and go and run away with yourself. I want it to be flawed. I want it to be messy but inspirational. I want it to break glass ceilings by being unapologetically incorrect. 
I want us to look back at this episode in a few years and say, well, Jesus, that's not the angle that we we needed to take there at all. I want us to learn from this episode and I want to come to you today in that vulnerability in order for us for us to go on this journey together. I just really want yeah I just really want us to go on this journey together so on the one hand while it's frustrating that I don't have all the answers for you today and I wish that I did (laughs) I really wish that I did because again I'm always talking about the mental health statistics among veterinary professionals they are still incredibly poor they were poor pre-pandemic I've no doubt they're worse now um so I do kind of come to you every week wishing I had more answers for you However, we have to start somewhere and if it's a case that I can come to you with some messy yet inspirational action, I will do that. Um, another thing that I want to point out, if you've not been here before, um, I am a qualified veterinary nurse and I'm also a qualified psychologist and I'm currently undertaking my master's in integrative psychotherapy um, and integrative psychotherapy is actually something that I'm going to heavily lean on today for this episode so we'll get more into that later but just a reminder of what I am what I'm qualified in what I'm qualified to speak on um, both qualifications are level eight and I'm currently pursuing a level nine so that's kind of where I sit on the you know QQI framework that's the level of knowledge that I have I really want you to take everything that I say with a pinch of salt. I'm always, always, always going to say that to you. Always. I really want you to critically think alongside me. I don't want you to take what I'm about to talk about and just go, okay, Aoife, great, thanks. And that's it. I want you to talk to each other about this. I want you to, if you liked the episode, be able to say why. If you hate the episode, be able to say why. Um, I want you to argue with me in your head. Like, I'm talking to you you know if you're if you're on a walk at the moment and you're listening away and you disagree with something I say like argue with me in your head have that debate with me um because that is exercising your critical thinking muscle and I'm willing to put myself in the firing line and be wrong in order to improve the critical thinking ability um of veterinary professionals overall And it's funny because you're so good at critically thinking when it comes to um, patience and your science and your craft. But I think in the mental well-being space, we're, we're incredibly poor at critically thinking as veterinary professionals. And I really want to just, I really want you to flex that muscle a little bit more. I really want you to get pissed off by what I'm saying. I really want you to get excited by what I'm saying. Like, notice how all of what I'm about to kind of talk you through lands with you and notice what you agree with notice what you don't agree with um and also more importantly dm me (laughs) with all of the above because I love the chats um so today also just a side note we do have doggo with us today on recording so if it's a case that he does bark I will be able to edit it out but also he's kind of a vibe so I might just leave him on in there but just in case you might hear him or you hear his like tippy tappies on the wooden floor or something he is very much present today he's asleep over there at the moment and his nose is twitching so I can see he's dreaming so god only knows what you're about to hear but we'll rock with it anyway 
also my voice isn't like 110% back since corona um so I do have a little drink with me so I'm hoping that you don't hear too many sips from me um and I'm hoping that editing goes smoothly but again like the little independent podcast space is kind of cute like it's quite quaint right like when you're listening to podcasts and someone's saying something incredibly profound and then a plane flies overhead you just don't get that anywhere else so that's the kind of space we're working with today and that's the kind of space we're going to lean into um regardless of whether or not editing exists so let us dive in to part two of our trauma chats so today we're going to be talking about because I don't like to give out about things and I love solutions um, we're going to be talking about um, potentially treating symptoms that come about because of trauma and last week we spoke about you know what trauma in veterinary might look like how it might manifest and we made some guesses as to you know where trauma basically might fit in our industry at the moment and again we don't have any research to back it up but we do have a plethora of research from other fields and um, we also have a lot of psychological knowledge to go on. Um, so we were able to guess basically, you know, what trauma in veterinary looks like and what potentially is trauma in our industry, in our, in our world and where it fits. So this week we're going to look at, you know, the potential of treating symptoms of trauma with um CBT because I really wanted to talk about CBT for so so long with you I think it's so important for many reasons which I'll get to in a sec but I'm also going to finish um by speaking on why I don't think CBT alone is a feasible treatment um for trauma related symptoms for veterinary professionals and so obviously stay tuned for my little hot take um call me biased but I'm I'm an integrative psychotherapist myself which I will get into a little bit later and I just think integrative is the way forward for everybody um but particularly for veterinary professionals I found quite recently just while I've been kind of meshing all of my work together um I feel like integrative is the best approach for veterinary professionals but hey like is that ethical for me to say who knows we'll find out later so first of all you know what is CBT like what the hell is CBT right um you've probably heard a lot of chit chat about CBT in the mainstream media over the last number of years the main reason being is that it's a short-term treatment mostly so it will usually run for about six sessions okay it's the most common um method used when you go to therapy through an employee assistance program so you know when your employer and I hope to Jesus this is the case you know when your employer offers you six sessions of free therapy it's most likely going to be CBT therapy which stands for cognitive behavioral therapy so it takes place over six sessions and it basically seeks to correct any sort of maladaptive mental processes um that are happening for you again I've spoken about maladaptive behaviors before I think it was the first episode of this season so go back and listen to that because that's an interesting concept and it basically kind of gives attention to mental representations that you form in your head after a traumatic experience and it also looks at your interpretation of these representations um so basically 
it looks at the meaning that you attach to the mental representations um following your traumatic experience so in other words in layman's terms something traumatic happens to you you form this idea of what that was in your head you form a narrative you form your perception of it you form your perspective on it um and you see it through a very specific lens so cbt looks to basically gaze through that lens that you see it see the traumatic experience through and break that down question it and um, any sort of maladaptive processes that are happening for you as a result of you looking through the lens at sorry looking through the lens in a certain way um, they're reviewed and kind of changed where applicable um so basically your original conditioning so you will know what conditioning is if you're in any way inclined to train a dog um I'm sure you'll know about Pavlov's dogs um that experiment um and all of the you know the reinforcement etc um we know this as veterinary professionals I don't have time to go through it now unfortunately because I have a lot to get through with you today but if you do have any questions on that or you want any um information on it just dm me but I've no doubt you guys already know what that, what that is um so it basically takes your original conditioning and it corrects it so your original fear conditioning as a result of your trauma and it corrects it and you you do this you try to do this over six sessions um now I'm sure and I hope that your critical thinking brain is like Jesus would we get that done over six sessions so I would guess no um with all the knowledge that I currently have at this time and I'm doing the best with the knowledge that I have at the time uh I would guess no um not in a veterinary setting um particularly because last week we discussed the fact that there's so much room for trauma and there's so much room for ongoing trauma I don't see how six sessions would be feasible to kind of manage the level of trauma that you could potentially be experiencing in your job um so that's kind of what CBT does a lot of people will go through how to use CBT as with our last episode I'm a little bit reluctant to do that because I'm reluctant to have you do random therapy methods and bits of homework without my supervision I just don't think that would be ethical so while I'd love to talk to you about ants which are automatic negative thoughts um and how to combat those and the really practical things you can do to kind of combat those I might I might talk about those things someday but I kind of doubt it because I'm just not happy with telling you how to do something without my supervision I just don't think that that's ethical and um, the internet is is full of people who will tell you exactly how to manage your ants <laughs> but I just am not comfortable with doing that at the moment. You never know when I'm you know more educated, more qualified, who knows, who knows what kind of future knowledge is coming towards me, who knows what kind of future perspectives are coming towards me but at the moment I'm reluctant to tell you how to do things if I can't watch you do them um, or at least supervise you in some way. I just don't think that that's ethical. So um, basically CBT reprograms the mind 
by looking at practical you, you know your practical logical evidence that counteracts your fear circuitry that's that's kind of how it works um so basically if we were to treat so taking all of that into consideration if we were to treat trauma with cbt exclusively i should also mention that the reason um well it appears that the reason cbt is so popular at the moment in the mainstream is because it's such a short-term thing and um, we live in a world full of you know the requirement for instant gratification and employers don't have the time or the money well sorry they do they've both things but they refuse to give it to you uh to send you to long-term therapy um they need you to be on your game all the time so that you can make them the most money i'm not only talking exclusively about veterinary employers here i'm actually talking about capitalism in general and the current western world society that we live in um and the societal framework in which we're currently living in and working in um that's the reason why cbt is so popular at the moment um it's the reason why cbt is so popular with the nhs um because you know sending you to therapy for six weeks um means that they can spare resources for you know other people more people get therapy if you only go for six weeks um whereas if you go for long-term therapy that's obviously more expensive and again resources time management you know long-term therapy doesn't hold hands with our current capitalist society so that's why cbt is so in your face right now uh it's basically the the handy answer um but again it's short term and dealing with trauma can we do that in the short term is my question for you today um so treating trauma exclusively with cbt let's just recap on kind of trauma at the moment and what can come about because of trauma so we can have you know disturbed cognitive processes in general so that leads to things like hyperfixating on perceived danger um it could mean increased reflection on negative memories so bad memories you could just consistently and compulsively think about them non-stop um this one is a is a sometimes humorous but also very much not humorous um you can sometimes just have this uncompromising preservation of initial information that you receive um so you, you just cling to that for dear life and that basically means that you then have difficulty considering any sort of counteracting information or counteracting evidence um that can be a sad one sometimes because uh, a common kind of method in cbt is working with evidence and you know proving your um negative thought processes to be wrong by using evidence um again not going into it too much because i don't want you to go off and do it unsupervised uh well you can if you want but just not under not under my roof (laughs) not under athena's roof um so you know because you have this like you're you're literally clinging for dear life to particular information it causes a difficulty then in being able to recognize really healthy counteractive information that comes along for you 
Um, and also there's more reliance on sort of that emotional reasoning. Your logic can go out the window. Um, particularly if you're a creative person. Um, if you're a creative person, your brain can very much slip into telling you all sorts of creative, beautiful, wonderful, fantastical stories that just aren't the case. And l- then leaning into emotional reasoning rather than logic um, can further this and can just push any sort of helpful counteracting information away even further. Um. Oh yes, okay, so you can also misinterpret neutral events as dangerous as well. Um, so you could just interpret, like you could walk into a shop and somebody, so you're standing in the shop queue, somebody puts their hand in their pocket to take their purse out um, and your brain automatically, you know, you're standing in the queue at the till. So logically, somebody at some point is going to have to reach into a pocket, into a handbag, whatever it is, and take out a purse, take out a wallet and either hand over money or tap their credit card or whatever it is. You're standing in the queue. The person reaches into their pocket to grab their purse. Your brain goes, oh my God, they're reaching for a gun. So that is an example of a really neutral event, really logical event. There's logic to it. There's a logical order to this. You get into the queue, you have your stuff in your hand, you have your veggies or whatever it is. You reach into your pocket, you take out your money or your card, you pay for the items and you leave, right? So there's like a really logical, lovely sequence, okay, to how a shop works. And our brain builds things called schemas, which overall save us energy. So for example, the first time you go into a shop and you learn how a shop works, you come to realize that you now know how every single shop works, despite the fact that shops might look a little bit different from each other. And they might have different layouts, they might have different staff members, they might have different customers, they might have different products available. But you now know that a shop is a shop and works in the exact same way every time even though it might look kind of different so when your brain runs away with you into a spiral you because of trauma you misinterpret really neutral events um as dangerous and your schemas tend to go out the window altogether the things that save you energy and tell you oh yeah actually this is another shop this is how this works. They go out the window. So you're now using all the energy up um, for no no reason, no logical reason. And all of a sudden you're standing there and you think the person is pulling out a gun rather than their purse or their money to pay for their items. So trauma can cause ripple effects like that, that impact on your daily life. Can we treat something like that with CBT? We can, we definitely can. But can we do it over six weeks? I don't know. Um, another thing that can happen to you as well when you experience trauma is that attention and memory processes, they can be interrupted. Um, for a few reasons. It could be that your energy levels are low. It could be that your brain structures are damaged. Um, so physiological brain damages. Damages? I don't know if I'd call them damages. Yeah, like impairments, I suppose can happen as a result of trauma um 
well as a result of physiological processes that happen like certain hormone releases um certain bodily functions as a result of the trauma if that makes sense so that's kind of what trauma can do or trauma can look like and CBT's treatment of trauma makes sense to a degree in my opinion so it's problematic for a number of reasons okay um this modality of therapy is problematic for a number of reasons and I just wanted to raise all of these with you because I feel like there's so many podcasts and resources out there singing CBT's praises and let's not get this twisted as I'm about to launch into this I use CBT actively within my therapeutic work I use it all the time um there's one particular instance at the moment that I'm using a whole heap of CBT and I'm leaning on CBT very very heavily um it is the pretty much perfect match for um this particular piece of work that I'm doing um I'm being a little cryptic just because of confidentiality but um yeah I'm leaning really heavily on CBT for a number of reasons at the moment I think it's so helpful um in so many different ways but I just don't know that the yeah I just don't know that it's helpful for sorting out all of the trauma that we have to deal with as veterinary professionals and here are the reasons why so firstly obviously there's this explicit focus on correcting fear circuitry um but that may not truly address the symptoms associated with those negative feelings and things that you're experiencing as an individual um you know if you're just making this big beeline towards fear circuitry are we dehumanizing the person automatically like are we dehumanizing the individual um and is that not a really narrow approach to treatment and to the therapeutic experience particularly you know for the level of trauma that veterinary professionals experience on a day-to-day basis um I just really question whether or not you know dehumanizing the person is all that helpful and making like a really beeline logical move I mean logic helps when we're when we're thinking irrationally right like it really helps and logical evidence really helps like I love a bit of logical evidence like it's it's one of the best things to lean on sometimes but I just don't know I just don't know if it's if it quite fits the bill for what we go through in veterinary um like research suggests that a broader focus on managing negative emotions is more beneficial so a broad focus on the individual as a whole rather than a beeline towards fear circuitry as if fear circuitry is like you know some type of machine that can be edited or whatever um also cbt works a lot with public behaviors so it works a lot with um you know social behaviors and social interactions and interpersonal relationships which is great which is amazing and again like i've used cbt to look at interpersonal relationships before with clients and it's been really beneficial um but I I question whether or not it it's 
it's also helpful to focus on private behaviors and what happens in private and what your mind does when you're by yourself I think there's an awful lot of glitter and gold to be found in those moments and there's a lot of work to be done um if we you know don't ignore the private self over the public self and like research suggests that you know cbt might focus too much on public behaviors which sort of inhibits exploring congruence and authenticity i had a big chit chat about congruence and authenticity with um a practice I was working with the other day and I say the other day it was like when was it like a week and a half ago two weeks ago (laughs) does anybody else ever do that when they're like the other day and it could be like 10 years ago um but when I was working with this practice anyway we had a chat about congruence and authenticity and what it meant to be congruent and um authentic in your interactions with clients and colleagues and patients and um I was kind of coaching everybody through how to make sure that what they're feeling and and thinking about inside their head is honored when something comes out of their mouth and (laughs) one person was sort of saying to me like they really wanted to just tell this client off and let them have it um for whatever reason and I was like, but you you can you can be congruent and authentic without actually screaming at someone or yelling at someone. You can honor what's happening inside your head and you can honor your feelings without having to shout. Um, and I think that's really important, particularly for women. It's it's extremely powerful to be able to take a step back and empower yourself to decide how you want to communicate what your tone of voice might look like and you get to do all of that and be congruent and be authentic all at the same time and congruence and authenticity are a huge thing a huge tool that veterinary professionals can use um particularly when speaking with clients and you know I feel like if if we focus too much on public behavior and not the private behavior are we actually going to be able to use that congruence and authenticity effectively within our public behavior does that make sense so I think balancing it out it's not to say that you can't look at your private self with CBT um it's possible but I just wonder if combining it with other modalities helps that balance a little bit more um as well CBT tends to kind of ignore the past which is a funny one isn't it really because the past is the very thing that has created the trauma triggers so and that conditioning um so by sort of not focusing too much on the past and what I mean by that is that when you're when you're engaging in CBT you're not going okay this is this is my life, uh, this is where I started, this is where I was born, this is that, this is this. And you're not like starting from ground zero and taking your therapist through your life process. There's kind of a lot of jumping that can happen. Um, there's a lot of getting to the point <laughs> within your six weeks particularly of CBT. So like, I feel like Doggo is doing some mad amount of dreaming 
chilling here hoping it's not a seizure. Anyway. Nah, we're good. Um, yeah, so, sorry. <laughs> Where was I? Um, yeah, so it kind of ignores the past pretty much. Um, and you know, gets to the point within the six weeks in order to just directly target the fear circuitry and, you know, hit those, yeah, just hit the fear circuitry, that's it. Um, so I kind of wonder if in doing that, are, are relevant triggers being missed? Or if we're doing that, are we misinterpreting certain triggers because we're not starting from ground zero? is that leaving room for triggers to be misinterpreted and then the whole treatment is incorrect? Um, not something I have the answer to, but just definitely something that's worth mentioning. Um, and also, you know, that schema formation that we talked about, if we're not talking about our past in full, again, are we able to acknowledge the schema formation that deserves acknowledgement? Are we able to work with schemas effectively in that space if we're not kind of talking about the past um in a really thorough way um I'm not saying we should talk about our past in a really thorough way but I can't see why not like as veterinary professionals specifically I can't see why that wouldn't be helpful um yeah particularly because we're in caring roles and we need to learn about why we're in a caring role we need to learn about why we're doing what we're doing there's a reason for it you know and all of this self-exploration the majority of it three quarters of it can only come from acknowledging the past in the first place in my opinion again I don't have any of the answers here but I just I want to raise all of this with you to just get that critical thinking cog turning so with CBT you know CBT is great and I wanted to raise it with you as a thing that exists and of course it's applicable to you um, if you have an EAP at work, you know, an employee assistance program and it's CBT, go for it, like use it, give it a bash, why not? Like see if you like it. But I just think, you know, with all of the research that I've done um, and my experience with using CBT alongside other modalities instead of just exclusively CBT, I personally feel like integrative approaches are far better than just one single approach to trauma um because veterinary trauma is just so it's such a huge minefield I just feel like we need to be recruiting all of the theories that we could possibly get our hands on in order to treat ourselves with the most self-compassion it's like the bougie approach I'm just going to take a little sip We interrupt this pod episode for a special announcement. VetGlow is the brand new eight-week mindset and mental well-being coaching program designed specifically for veterinary professionals by yours truly, coaching psychologist Aoife Smith. This program is perfect for you if you want to get clear on your values and rewrite negative core beliefs, set amazing life goals, feel less lost and more empowered within and outside of your veterinary career, set boundaries and improve your relationships with your colleagues and clients, create and maintain a beautiful self-care routine that keeps burnout at bay and allows you to flourish and empower yourself to live the life of your dreams. 
If you're interested, DM me on Instagram. I'm at Athena's Mind Veterinary, or you can email Athena's Mind Veterinary at gmail.com. I took a sip and then I ended up spilling it everywhere. So we're back. We're back. We've gathered ourselves all as well. Okay, amazing. So yeah, so as I was saying, it's kind of like the bougie approach. Like why would we not take as much as we can from every theory going in order to treat ourselves with the most compassion and get the most out of our mental well-being? Um, so I wanted to flag with you that CBT can be used in conjunction with other theories and CBT is not the only theory that exists um and something that I do in my work all the time is I combine CBT with so specifically I'm a bit of a person-centered gal um I don't know if you know what person-centered therapy is if not really quick low down um a man called Carl Rogers was pretty much the you know founding father of person-centered therapy and it the the main principle of person-centered therapy if you will is considering the individual as a whole in front of you and treating the person not the symptoms um that the person is feeling so yeah um it involves a lot of working in the present um but also an acknowledgement of the past as well um I also like psychodynamic for that as well um because it allows me to lean into the past a little bit more but yeah I tend to kind of go between the three um I'll integrate in that way but basically integration or you know the use of various different modalities in order to help us with our trauma symptoms um or our symptoms that exist as a result of trauma integration basically presents this sort of multiple um multiple pathways to treatment and it basically involves that sort of openness and a real openness to understanding and then the therapist needs to to utilize all of the commonalities and also the disparities among the different treatment types so flexibility is really a key for your therapist to have so just to flag that with you as well you know if you're seeing an integrative therapist um they need to show a lot of flexibility uh, in terms of the way that they work with you so and I don't mean like general flexibility like you know time and things like that I mean flexibility within the work um so integration or the use of you know lots of different modalities rather than just solely CBT it makes more room for working with the self and I say the self with like a capital capital s you can't see me right now but I'm doing those you know those bunny ear inverted commas it allows for more room at working with the self um and that includes exploring you know where is the self like where does it where is it located and also how can you work with the self um within your symptoms or in order to combat your symptoms like how can you work with the self like what does the self mean to you do you have a self um there's really deep lovely beautiful work that can be done um by sort of integrating rather than just solely beelining for that fear circuitry that we talked about earlier um and an all-inclusive approach as well it it gives more attention to that what or who you are like what are you who are you it gives more room for that exploration so you know you can explore your personality your vulnerabilities um 
your resilience, your way of being in the world, all of those beautiful things have, you know, are given room to be explored in that case. Um, And it also might lend itself as well to you exploring your spiritual self, which is so important. Um, It might not be important to every single individual, but what is important is the option to explore it, regardless of whether or not the person figures out that spirituality is not for them or is for them or whatever. Like the option to explore that is so important. I think as well, I've said this a few times now, but the fact that we he- we literally heal nature, like we couldn't be more connected to nature as a profession. And I feel like we lose sight of that an awful lot. Um, But there's a real spiritual aspect to the things that we do, whether you like that or are into it or not. It's it's very much there um, in terms of our connection with the earth and whether you see that as a connection with the earth, like itself, like as as a rock. (laughs) You know, if you're like atheist and you just kind of, that's what you see. Or if you think that that's a connection with God or if you think that's a connection with like some sort of, something or other like for me I would see it as a connection with the universe or um for me personally I see mother earth as a she's like a spiritual entity um that's just my personal belief system um but the option of exploring that is really important I think for veterinary professionals I just don't think we acknowledge that enough even if you are atheist that's okay like you can be an atheist and take care of animals like it's absolutely fine but what I'm saying is that the opportunity for you to be able to explore that I think is really important um there's so much to be explored within the concept of atheism there's so much to be explored within the concept of spirituality um also I think that you know spirituality and politics lean into each other quite a lot you're probably like "Mm, excuse me how um but just really think about that like spirituality and politics they do lean one leans into the other and vice versa um think about how your spirituality infiltrates your your political views and and think about how your political views might infiltrate your spirituality uh, or lack thereof whatever again whatever your thing is um but I think integrating different modalities allows for that exploration. Like we are healers. We are healers. So whatever that means for you deserves exploration. Um, Yeah, I just think that's so important. And <clears throat> as well, like integrating and having that longer term therapy or giving, giving yourself the space at least to go to therapy long term it kind of allows you to have more of an alliance with your therapist and have more of that collaborative effort in order to keep your mental well-being well essentially um also I wonder like I do wonder as well for veterinary professionals in particular if integrative modalities are more validating because it recognizes past traumas it's or it seems to recognize past traumas more um yeah and it just seems more beneficial again to work with past experiences from the research that I've done so yeah I just wonder if it's more validating if we integrate different methods of healing in order to deal with our trauma as vet professionals um as well it kind of allows for successes that CBT might otherwise miss right like if CBT doesn't pick up on something another modality will and um, so I think that's really important to flag with you as well um 
in addition I spoke about physical brain changes earlier um but by integrating you're more likely to hold space for that so like for example the amygdala in the brain um amygdala damage that can be either unilateral so one side or bilateral both sides um that can impair things like social emotion recognition um it can impair you know basic emotional recognition it can impair facial emotional expression you know if someone shows a particular emotion on on their face it can be difficult for somebody to recognize what that even is if the amygdala is damaged and that's just one part of the brain that can um suffer some damage as a result of those physiological changes that happen when a person is traumatized so by integrating different theories and different ways of helping ourselves we can hold space a lot more for those physiological brain changes and those physical damaged structures um that can then go on to impair us in really important things like emotional recognition that's absolutely huge whereas CBT doesn't consider any of that um and again it just beelines for the fear circuitry itself um and in the last episode as well I spoke really heavily about how subjective the traumatic experience is and you know as veterinary professionals again we don't have a lot of research at the moment um surrounding what trauma even looks like and where it can come from and obviously in our last episode we made some really educated guesses as to where the trauma could be you know what parts of veterinary has room for trauma um and we can look at it from a lot of guesswork educated guesswork at the moment but a trauma is so subjective it's such a subjective experience and I feel like if we narrow our treatment with one particular modality I just question whether or not we undermine that subjective experience and the subjective experience of the individual. Um, I'm a huge advocate for the individual. Again, I'm an integrative therapist, so that is what I do. That's my modality of working. That is the way that I work. Um, and I can't, I don't know, call me biased, but it's just, it's my favorite way of working. So that's what I chose to study. I, you know, I could have chose to study CBT by itself. I could have chose to study um addiction counseling by itself really specific things but integrative is where my heart really truly sits because I do think that traumatic experiences are completely subjective no two people are the same no two people's bodies minds souls spirits etc whatever you believe in are the same at all um and I just want to flag with you and stress to you that you know you don't have to stick with just one treatment modality um just because that's the modality that your EAP offers you um yeah so I hope that this episode was thought-provoking at the least um it won't have answered well maybe it did I don't know but most likely won't have answered my guess would be that it won't have answered any major life questions um I was again reluctant to kind of take the angle of this is what you do for CBT like this is how you do CBT um because I just don't think that that's ethical for me to do um without 
I don't think it's it's ethical for me to just let you do that without my supervision. Um, there's plenty of other resources online that will just freely tell you how to do it. So I just don't think me adding to those is in any way helpful. You never know um, in the future what the future brings. But, you know, I'm doing the best with the information that I have at this moment in time. And at this moment in time, I believe that it's unethical for me to take you through how to use CBT directly. But I did want to educate you today on what CBT is. I wanted to tell you kind of all the questions that have been spinning around in my head for the past couple of years while I've been trying to figure out how best to approach trauma in the world of veterinary. I really hope that you will take this episode and talk to each other about it and slate me, slate me if you want to. I really honestly, like I'm here willing to take hits because I'm here, I'm here willing to take bullets because I just feel like it's so important for us to start flexing our critical thinking muscle when it comes to our own mental well-being and again as I said in the beginning we do that so much with our patients and our work and our science in our craft we're so good at that critical thinking um but when it comes to our mental well-being it's it tends to not be the case so I really wanted to take this episode go run away with it hate it love it ask yourself why um and yeah just get those creative juices flowing like talk to each other about the different modes of therapy that you can use talk about what's accessible to you kick up a fuss if there's something not accessible to you I just really wanted to get your hands dirty with it basically that was my main aim for these past two episodes just dive in like see what you find um so yeah that is where I'm gonna love you and leave you today thank you so much for listening to another episode I honestly cannot thank you enough for being here for being part of this community every single day I pinch myself every single day I show up here I smile from ear to ear you honestly are my favorite people in the entire world my Athenas mean the world to me and I just am so thankful that you're here and that I get to do this job so without further ado I will leave you for the week please be safe um stay safe stay well stay hydrated and I will see you very soon Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Athena's Mind Veterinary, the podcast. Come say hey on Instagram. I'm at Athena's Mind Veterinary. And don't forget to tag me in your stories if you liked this episode. I absolutely love hearing from you. Also, if you have any queries, you can email me at athenasmindveterinary at gmail.com. If you're listening on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, pretty please with sugar on top and ice cream in the middle leave us a review this just means that other veterinary professionals can find the podcast and benefit just as much as you have thank you so much and I'll see you soon